Welcome to the Property Renovation Podcast, giving you the best tips on achieving the perfect renovation whilst making it as fun, safe, and as cost-effective as possible by hearing from experts in the industry and people that have been through the experience themselves. Let me introduce your host, four times award winner of world-leading interior design website, House, and over 16 years in the industry, renovating just over 250 properties, James Woodham. My name is James, and on this episode, we are talking about electrical radiators. So with the government wanting to meet targets of reducing emissions and the availability of eco-friendly products on the market being huge, homeowners are making responsible choices about heating products they choose in their renovation projects. And electrical radiators are certainly one of them. On this episode, I speak to Louise Broom, co-founder at Very Smart Heating, and they are, they have a great range of products on the market from ultra slim radiators to ones that you can control via an app on your phone. So if you're thinking about buying electrical radiators for your home, then this is certainly the episode for you. And there are some interesting facts within the show that we mentioned, and this information will be put onto our blog, uh, which will be launching at the end of March. Don't forget more information of these radiators. I do mention their website at the end of the show, uh, but you can also come into our Facebook group uh, where I'm sure Louise would be able to answer a question or two in there as well. You can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the property renovation podcast. Enjoy the episode. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Property Renovation Podcast. Um, today I'm speaking with Louise Broom, co-founder of Very Smart Heating Limited. And um, with homeowners wanting to um, be become more efficient, uh, more energy efficient on their homes, um, I thought it would be a good idea to speak to a company that is helping with uh, doing just that. So um, Louise, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Good morning. Um, so I just want to Start off by saying, um, how did you come up with the name Very Smart Heating? Well, for many people, electric heating is their only option. So they might be off the gas grid like us, or they might live in a flat where there's no gas. So we wanted to find an electric heating solution that looked smart and was efficient. And we always had in mind right from the very start that we wanted to utilise smart technology in our product too. Um, and it turns out the name's very fitting because people always remark when they see our radiators that they do indeed look very smart. Oh, fantastic. I mean, um, I'm glad that you mentioned a bit about the smart bit because I'm sure that was a challenge in itself, right? Because they used to be a lot bigger than they are now. Um, more yeah. bulky, um, more ugly looking, I would say. But the one yeah. I've seen on your website looks very smart, actually. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so was that a big challenge, like to reduce the size of them, do you think? Um, obviously, people um, that live in flats, for example, have limited space. So we do have a slimline range, um, and I do believe it's one of the slimmest on the market, at seven points. 7.5 centimetres deep um, but yeah I mean our ceramic technology means that we can um, we can have a nice slim core um, and an attractive radiator as well. Fantastic good okay so in one sentence could you tell us what your goal is at Very Smart? 
So our vision is to deliver market-leading electric heating products and smart heating solutions for, for all. We believe that affordable, reliable and sustainable warmth is a basic human right. And that was two sentences. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's certain, certainly it, though. You uh, something up there. Um, and uh, how far do you think technology has come in the recent years with heating solutions? Well, you mentioned the 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 big old ugly storage heaters. I think yes. we've all got some bad memories of living with those at one stage or another. Um, but I think the biggest leap is in the adoption of smart technology. Mm. The ability to control your heating from an app on your phone really gives people control over how they heat their homes. And when you add more layers of functionality, such as geolocation, it starts to get really clever. Yeah. So geolocation can monitor your location through the GPS on your phone and adjust your heating accordingly. And Tado is an example of that. I'm sure many people are familiar with it. And it prevents wasting energy and therefore saves people money. So do you think like, oh, sorry, carry on. <laughs> it's all right. I was just going to say one of the most powerful benefits of smart technology could be the real-time monitoring of any energy consumption. So research indicates that domestic energy use almost becomes invisible, especially when people pay by direct debit. They don't really know sort of how much they're using and where it's going. But actually by raising awareness about how much energy you use, people can modify their behaviour accordingly. And household energy behaviours, such as leaving the lights on, for example, and using appliances and heating systems, have been identified as important by the Energy Savings Trust. And policymakers are really interested in behavioural change measures. And early studies in, in America and Norway suggest that households that receive feedback on their energy consumption by using things like visual displays can reduce their usage by up to 15%. So the ability to see how much energy you're using to heat each room every hour is really powerful. So we're really excited by that. Yeah, I think you're always mindful. If you can actually see it yourself visually, then... Um, uh, so do you think like homeowners get the sense that they're in more, more in control now about being able to control the efficiency of their home? Yeah, I think so, definitely. With the newer technology, yeah, definitely. Not being surprised by any um, huge uh, ele um, electricity bills down the line or energy bills. I think um, they're definitely reducing that. So that's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so with the energy consumption um, and being environmentally friendly at the front, uh, forefront of uh, people's minds, what percentage of people are switching to electric heating systems? I'm not sure I could give you an exact percentage on that, but I do know that there's a huge pressure to find alternatives to natural gas. Mm. So the government's committed to reducing emissions by 80% by 2050. Um, and obviously, so heating produces a, a large amount of those emissions. Mm. So in order to hit that target, extensive decarbonisation programmes will have to be put in place. And what that means is that around 20,000 homes a week will need to be retrofitted with an alternative to gas over the next 20 to 25 years. And direct electric heating represents a low-cost solution, which is easy and quick to deploy. And decarbonisation of the electricity sector is well underway, with most of the capital costs being shouldered by the energy companies. And when you compare this to the capital investment required for something like heat pumps, you might not see the return on investment in, in a new build apartment or a well-insulated property, for example, where the, the consumption's low, mm. despite the higher fuel costs. Okay. And um, how smart have electric heaters become over the last decade? So we've already touched on some of the Wi-Fi and geolocation features, as well as the benefits of real-time feedback on energy behaviours. 
I think it's a, a massive leap forward, like I said, from the clunky old storage heaters that we've all lived with at some point, where you wake up boiling and by the time you get home from work, it's freezing. Mm. There's no controllability and generally they're just not really suited to modern day living. But new energy efficiency regulations, which were introduced from January this year called Lot 20, state that all space heaters must be 24-7 pro- programmable, thermostatically controlled, and they must they either have remote control from an app or adaptive start control, which means it knows when to start heating in order to get the room to the required temperature at the right time. Mm. or open window detection. And this means that a lot of storage heaters and cheap panel and convector heaters will no longer be manufactured from this year. And that's something that, you know, not many people are aware of, I don't think. And of course, I haven't even mentioned the connected home yet, which is such an exciting development. Our radiators are now compatible with Amazon Echo, which means you can ask Alexa to adjust the temperature from the comfort of your sofa. (laughs) Um, The potential is massive in the future for several smart devices to all link together and make heating seamless and intuitive. I I mean, that is amazing when you can start doing that as well um, with these home devices. I mean, do you have any plans for other devices in the near future now that you've you've reached Alexa? What, to link them to? Yeah, yeah, to link them to. So like Google Home, I think, is one of them. That's That's the alternative. Yeah, no, just just Amazon Echo at the moment. Okay, okay. Um, so what is the average price comparison of your products versus a combi central heating system, for instance? Okay, so this this may seem to be a moot point given the decarbonisation targets that we've been discussing, but here we go. So I did some some research online as to how much I thought it would cost to install gas. Obviously, you know, there's going to be a variation in what people get quoted. Um, but this is what I found online. So based on a, a small two-room bungalow, the cost of gas central heating will be around £2,350 with the following breakdown. Gas boiler supply and installation, 1060 Radiator parts and labour, 830 Pipework supply and installation, 230, and extra parts and labour, 230. So for our electric heating system, it would range from um, £1,379.95 to £1,969.85, depending on which range you went for. And this is based on needing a one kilowatt radiator for the kitchen, two kilowatt for the lounge, one kilowatt in each bedroom and a 750 in the bathroom. And obviously that's based on retail price. Mm. I think to do with the installation costs, um, it's massively different. And it's probably just, I mean, self-explanatory, but they're just easier to install and they're, they're not as complex, I guess. Yeah, you can just plug them in. They all come yeah. with like a little guide and, you know, it's as simple as that. You can just plug them in. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Um, could you talk about your range of products and some of the benefits that come with them? Yeah. So all our radiators have a ceramic core and we specifically chose ceramic products for the high thermal inertia. So basically this means that once it's warm, it stays warm for longer. The eco heat has got the most ceramic in it and therefore it takes the longest to heat up, but it also stays warmer for longer. And this product is best suited to properties that have also got high thermal inertia themselves, such as old properties with thick stone walls, for example. The eco slimline and the eco curve are virtually identical, except the curve has got a bow front. So some people prefer that. 
Um, and as the name suggests, they're both very slim at only 7.5 centimetres depth. This makes them ideal for when space is limited. They heat up quickly and they're great for modern or well-insulated properties where there's minimal heat loss. They've got a baffle front which optimises the convection process to get the room up to temperature quickly. Then once up to temperature, it maintains using the heat retained in the ceramic blocks. So this makes it a super stylish and efficient solution for modern apartments and offices. And the Eco Wi-Fi is the one that we're most excited about. So as I said, you can control it from your smartphone or your laptop and it gives you real-time feedback on energy consumption. And as I said, the latest features are geolocation and Amazon Echo compatibility. We also supply towel rails and water heaters for bigger product, uh, projects. And um, with the Eco Wi-Fi, setting that up, you can literally set this up yourself, do you think, but just by the, reading the instructions? Or do you require yeah. any professional help? No, no, no. You can set it yourself. It's it's quite simple. You just download the app and log in and, and off you go. Brilliant. I love the way that it's moving forward. Okay. <laughs> um, so what's what considerations do you need to make to ensure your product your products operate at the highest efficiency? So we always advise our customers to insulate first. Around 35% of heat escapes through the walls, 25% through the roof and 15% through the floor. So it's imperative to insulate before considering upgrading your heating system. Otherwise, you're literally heating the outdoors, letting the heat escape straight out. And next, we suggest improving the glazing in windows and doors where a further 25% of heat can escape. If windows and doors don't fit properly, obviously drafts are created and heat can escape. And finally, I come back to behaviour. So coming from Yorkshire, as a child, I was forever being asked if I was brought up in a barn. <laughs> and this is the typical thing off that you get for leaving doors open. So generally, you heat a living room to a higher temperature than a hallway, for example. And your, your radiator will be specified to heat that space in which it's situated. So if a door's left open into a cold hall, the radiator will be trying in vain to heat the room to the desired temperature. Obviously, you know, there's a draft and it's escaping out into the hall. Mm. So as you can imagine, that means it'll draw more power. So simple things like closing doors behind you, pulling the curtains when it gets dark, ensuring the radiators aren't covered or, obstruct, or obstructed by furniture, they can all make a big difference. And lastly, we always advise people to actually set a program to avoid wasting energy at, at the very minimum. But ideally, you should use a smart feature such as um, geolocation. And also carefully consider your heating schedule and your desired temperature. So the recommendation is to have living rooms at 21 degrees and bedrooms at 18 degrees. And if you go just one degree higher than that, you could see a significant increase in your bills. And if you're sedentary, it's amazing how quickly you start to feel the cold. But just by putting an extra jumper on or a blanket over your knees, rather than reaching for the, you know, the controls, you'll mm. save yourself money. I mean, often, you know, I sit here at the desk and as I'm sitting down, I start to feel really cold really quickly because I'm not moving around. Yeah. So, you know, I always think, oh, I'll just, I'll just pop a fleece on. <laughs> it's, it's, so. it's also um, not healthy for you to, to be in a very hot room. And I think, um, uh, you know, it, it, so it, def it definitely does keep it, keeping at those degrees and those temperatures are going to have some very good health benefits for you as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And it's not just about saving money as well. You know, we all have a responsibility to think about how much energy we're actually using. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah put the jumper on. <laughs> um, you, you, I mean, just in case anyone's saying, uh, okay, well, I've got my 
sofa in front of my radiator, um, how far should I be keeping that away from the radiator? Is there like any specific minimum that you could give as a tip, do you think? Oh, you're putting me on the spot now. (laughs) (laughs) I I would say at at least a foot. You need to, the the, the air needs to be able to circulate behind it. Yeah. Because if you think how the radiators work, they use radiated heat and convected heat. So if the radiated heat is is getting blocked by... by the you know the sofa mm. it, it's not going to be as efficient so yeah. um yeah it's, okay it's people don't really think about but um you know it makes a big difference yeah that's why that's why i mentioned it because i know people don't really think about it so i thought it would be good to to say it okay yeah. um mm-hmm. so what is the longevity of these products um do you need to change any parts or carry out any maintenance no, they have a 10-year warranty on the body and two years on the electronics. There's no need for any maintenance. And because they're ceramic, um, there'll never be any leaks. So if, they, if they're used in accordance with the guidelines in the manual, they're very reliable. Problems occur when people do things like drying their pants and the towels on them and wonder uh, why they couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> so they all have a safety cut-off feature, which activates when they overheat. Right. So could pants or obstructing them with your sofa for example Hmm. repeatedly eventually causes them to fail Um, but we do have a no quibble swap out um, policy during the warranty period and we do a bit of triage and see if we can find out what's going on and and, uh, you know we'll swap them out okay good okay Um, and could you give us any interesting facts that you could that you think the average homeowner uh, might not know well, being a complete geek, I think I've probably given you loads of facts already. Yeah. But the biggest question that we get asked is how much do your radiators cost to run? And I know that there's a lot of companies out there who say, our radiators cost X pence per hour to run, but it really is nonsense. There are far too many variables. We've already discussed insulation and glazing, but what about the external temperature, the occupancy levels, um, that kind of thing? So all we can do is give real-life examples, and then you've got to extrapolate this into your own situation. So if I give you some facts and figures from um, from this year, from during the Beast from the East on the 28th of February, mm-hmm. um, because we can see that all this on, on the computer, that the consumption, we've got all the graphs and, and what have you. So here's a summary of the running costs of a 750-watt Eco Slim line during the recent bad weather. So it was programmed to reach a temperature of 19 degrees between 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. And the nighttime temperature fell to minus 7 degrees. And during the day, it reached a high of only minus 1 degrees. The house is a 1970s build with good insulation. So the 750-watt unit was heating a small bedroom and the total consumption for the the heating period, 12-hour heating period, was 2.89 kilowatt hours. So if you pay 12 pence per unit of electricity, then the total cost to heat the room would be 34 pence. And this usage represents 32% of the potential draw in that 12-hour period. On the 19th of February, when the weather was milder, the total consumption for the same radiator was 0.86 kilowatt hours. So at 12 pence per kilowatt hour, this equals a running cost of, of 10 pence and represents 9.5% of the potential draw. 
people always wheel out the argument that all electric heating is 100% efficient and the one kilowatt in, one kilowatt out argument. And that is absolutely correct. So if a one kilowatt unit was drawing power for one whole hour, it would draw one kilowatt of energy. However, it's clear from our two examples that on the 28th of February, the radiator drew power for 32% of that potential draw period of 12 hours. And on the 19th of February, it drew power for 9.5% of that potential draw period. Um, It's perhaps easier to visualise on the graphs that we've got. And I wondered if you might be able to perhaps put these up on the blog later. Absolutely. I was going to just suggest that because uh, we always <laughs> like to um, put some helpful information. It's very difficult to just listen and take that information yeah. in. So, yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, Louise, I think we're, we're almost at the end. Thank you very much for that. It just leaves me to say that, um, uh, listeners, if you are interested uh, in uh, very smart heating, then you can go to www.verysmartheating.com. You can also contact them by email, and that's office at verysmartheating.com. Unfortunately, uh, by the time this actually went to air, you did miss them. They were at the Home Renovation Show um, in March um, at the NEC in Birmingham, um, but they will be at the UK Construction Week uh, this year on the 9th to the 11th of October and that's also at the NEC. Um, The stand number is yet to be revealed but we will put that on the blog as soon as we will know. So Louise, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. If you're planning a renovation or you're moving into your first new home, then the Akiva Toolkit could be the solution you need. With its easy-to-use package of 10 documents, you are able to manage time, budget, and the communication between your builders and you to ensure the project is complete to satisfaction first time round. The Akiva Toolkit saves you money and time. It's for the first-time renovator and the renovator that wants to do things better the second time round. It's a fraction of the cost compared to paying for mistakes or repeating work that's already done. Go to akivatoolkit.com and get your project off to a perfect start today.